formed with your community. The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. We're joined in studio now by Rob Roper. He has... uh, Done it all in Vermont, really, but he is also a columnist right now with uh, columns on Substack, and it's uh, it's called Behind the Lines, Rob Roper on Vermont Politics. Good morning, Rob. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going great. Going good. Let's talk about and a number of things to talk about this morning. Let's talk about your, I think this is the most recent column where you're talking about the, um, the district in Wyndham Elementary School. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the title of this piece is... Uh, Vermont Public Schools, where talking llamas teach kids the F word. And that, that's in reference to a video that was played for kids who were, uh, you know, elementary school age kids. Uh, you know, the, the, this is a very small school. It's uh, about a dozen kids total for, for, I think it's K through six. I think it's, it's you know, the elementary and school. And there was an K initial vote to, to close it. Yeah. And the reason I think this story is so interesting, because it brings together a lot of the issues that are important to me. It, it, it's school choice. It's school quality. And it's voter fraud. Uh, you know, all of these things sort of came together. And we'll, we'll, go, we'll go back to the beginning. It's, it's you know, with, with uh, Act 46 and the forced consolidation or semi-forced consolidation of, of all the small schools into larger districts, this little Wyndham district decided to remain itself they, they were not going to merge but they also voted to close the school which would have meant that the kids in that school system would have been allowed to participate in vermont's tuitioning system there are about 90 towns if, if, a, if a school district doesn't have a public school that services your grades you get to go wherever you want to go and the money follows the child up to it's like 70 17 500 bucks Something like that is what it's set at these days. That's good. It's, That's more than it costs to go to a private school in, in Vermont. Well, yeah, well, a lot, a lot of the independent schools that are accredited that take part in the system set their tuition rate at or below that level, so families don't have to pay anything out of pocket to go. That, that's part of their business plan, which I, I think is good and fair. Um, so anyway, it, it passed by, I think, the, the decision to close the school passed by like two votes. And, of course... The teachers' unions hate school choice. Uh, there, there are people in the community say, "Oh, we got to have a school." And there was a petition drive to bring it up for a revote. Uh, that happened, and there was a voter fraud issue because somebody who you serve with, a former Democratic majority leader, Carolyn Partridge, is from that district, and she is involved in a lawsuit for voter fraud because she convinced people who were living in Peru, Vermont. Which is not part of that Wyndham district to vote in the Wyndham election. It was that the case? I think I remember where she was. She was telling people, uh, "Look, you've moved to Peru, but you're, Peru, whatever it may be, yeah. but you're still on the voter checklist. You haven't changed your voter. Che- your, is yeah, that right? Yeah, you're still on the voter checklist, so you so can, you can you, vote here. You can vote here. And it's like, well, I don't know if that's really true. It's like, oh, just tell them that you're going to move back someday, and it'll all be okay. So this is this is and and it and then the decision to keep the school open passed by one or two votes and the number of people that were voting from Peru was, was enough to flip when you, flip when that you have decision. a tiny number of people voting yeah and you you get a handful of different people to vote then you've changed the outcome of the election there there are, there are a lot of elections that were a handful of votes even if it's a larger you know full full you know mm-hmm. house races I mean you've served with people you know the, the late David Ainsworth 
won his race or lost his race by one vote to Sarah Buxton down in that orange district. And then two years, four years later, he won it back by two votes. I mean, so oh, yeah. that, that this is Vermont, that that little bit of fraud is uh, is something that 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 can can, can swing an election. Uh, we can talk about what happened in Bridgeport, Connecticut later, but let's stick with this. <laughs> let's stick with this story for now. So, so the kids are then okay. You don't get school choice anymore. You're forced back into this little school. It's twelve kids for five grades, six grades, whatever it is, and uh, so you've got a teaching principal, a teacher's aide, and an admin person who are basically running this school. Uh, according to what I've been reading in the papers, the Brattleboro Reformer and the, and the, the legal documents surrounding this lawsuit. Is half the about seven kids' parents said, "Look, you can't. This is not a quality education that our kids are getting in the school. The teachers aren't qualified. There's no curriculum that's being implemented, and there's just there's this isn't working for us. So they're suing the school to allow them to tuition the the way it would have been had the vote passed. And that that case is still being appealed. Uh, the judge in the case originally said no. Uh, uh, they, they denied." You know, they, they denied the plaintiff's right to bring the case. It wasn't actually adjudicated. He said, "No, you, you can't do this because you don't. You're not going to have a chance of proving that this is an, a substantially unequal education to what other kids are getting in other schools." And then what comes out is that the the, the principal slash teacher is putting the kids in front of these videos where, in one case, there's a llama that's saying the f word. Uh, there's another where they're showing PG-13 movies just you know to eat up hours of the day. Uh, they showed a music video in which you know uh, the main character is drinking and driving, smoking and driving. He's got some woman tied up in the back of his car. He later gets his head blown off with a shotgun. This is what Eesh. the kids are seeing. And, you know, my conclusion to this story, I don't want to give away too much because people won't go to you know, robertroper.substack.com and read it. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but the conclusion to the story is, you know, what is the judge thinking here? He's either got to conclude that there's no irreparable harm being done to these kids being put in this situation where they're they can't possibly be learning anything of value or he's looking around and saying well it's no real not really different from any other public school which isn't which, a, which isn't be, a good conclusion either that would be pretty startling if that was happening in all schools <laughs> uh what we so did he hear all these stories what you're what you write about what that's happening in that particular tiny little elementary school there it's my understanding that that some of this has come out after his decision, which is what the appeal is being based on. So, so I, I'm not sure what he knew and when he knew it, uh, but I, the, the appeal is based on some of this stuff coming forward. The principal has since been fired. So, so now you've only got you know a, a teacher's assistant and an admin in in this in this little school, and that may be enough for you know twelve kids. But uh, but there's no one of the one of the things that's been said is hey there's no curriculum that's being implemented here and the teachers said it's because we don't have supplies so you got these kids in a school that that does I don't understand how you can spend twenty three thousand dollars per kid and not be able to afford supplies but this yeah. this seems to be the case and as you point out uh, and and uh, it is very clear Vermont law is very clear every uh, kid is uh, allowed an equal uh, and um, educational opportunity equal educational opportunity yeah substantially free equal free and equitable education that's that's the the mantra that I hear a lot because when kids show up homeless kids show up they could show up in South Burlington they go to South Burlington they just walk in and then three weeks later they move to 
Detroit. And, <laughs> and, and that happens. That does uh-huh. happen. And, and the law is very clear. It's free and equitable. Now, and you can't the, say that this is an equitable education. And, of course, that's the language in the Brigham decision. Yep. Substantially equitable. But, of course, you, people can differ on what's substantially equitable. But it doesn't seem like there could be well, much different, differing say. on that particular school there, that that's not that, no, substantially I mean, equitable. That, that, that's, that these kids aren't getting, getting an education. If, if they're being put in front of a television to watch PG-13 movies during the day, and and this sort of content, it, they're, they're not getting an equitable education, especially, you know, if you can tuition to some of the excellent, excellent independent schools that are down in the southern part of the state. They have some really good public schools that you can tuition to in, down in that part of the state. And in fact, some of the parents are, are paying tuition to public schools to get their kids out of that do, situation. Do we know why the principal was fired? I think it had something to do with the f bomb dropping llama, but uh, <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, since all this stuff has come out, she's been let go. So there's no principal. There's one teacher, a teacher, and a, I think it's a teacher's assistant. I think it was that the principal was also a, a teacher, like a player manager in Major League Baseball. Yeah, right. They still had and uh, and uh, a teacher's assistant and an admin. Yeah, uh, um, and then the judge just decided that uh, you, you're going to have a hard time proving this, so we're just, we're just not going to hear it. Yeah, that's 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 basically what happened. Wow, he dismissed uh, the case. Our, uh, our judiciary stepping up for the little part. Judge Kanan, former state legislator. Oh, that that is that is correct. Oh goodness, there a Republican go. legislator too. So yep. we can't, we can't just throw the the partisan stuff around here. Oh no, right. no, no. It's no that 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 doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> All, All right. right, so we're going to take a quick two minute break. We're talking with Rob Roper. You can always find him uh, robertroper.substack.com. I suggest that you go and you subscribe because it is one of my most uh, uh, delightful things I find in my. This is the morning drive. On FM 96.3 and AM 620, News Talk, WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. We're talking to columnist Rob Roper. He's also been uh, chair of the Republican Party at one time, and he was president of the Ethan Allen Institute. Um, and uh, he's got a column on Substack that you can read. He has covers all kinds of different topics. And, uh, Rob, what about school choice? Is school choice strong enough in Vermont? Because, you know, we hear more, and you've written about a lot of it, including in this article but many others, about the, some of the problems in the public schools. Is school choice strong enough? Because, you know, a lot of people may want to take their kids out of school, but they, they don't have the, you know, they don't have the wherewithal to be able to do it. Yes, it's strong enough where there is a concentration of communities that don't have public schools and you've had these uh, um, market economies of educational opportunities that have cropped up around this business opportunity, which is the parents with the vouchers. Um, So in the southern part of the state, you've got like Burn Burton Academy and the Long Trail School and Sharon Academy and um, um, the Mountain School at at Wynn Hall, all these great little schools that, that you can, as a parent, say, oh, that, that's best for my kid, or that, that one works for our family, you can send them there. It's very strong. Those communities do not want to get rid of their school choice. Same thing in the Northeast Kingdom, where you have, you know, sort of St. Johnsbury Academy is the big anchor, right. but you've, you've also got um, uh, the Thaddeus Stevens School for, for middle school. You've got the Linden Institute. You've got, you know, there's like, and there's a bunch of uh, public schools that are really good up there, too, including in New Hampshire. You can send your kid, you know, anywhere that's, right. that's approved and accredited. So in those communities, it's very strong. But outside of those communities, uh, I don't think people really know enough about uh, 
uh, what the school choice is and how it works. And Look, let's say you're we, we had just had parents from talking about the Essex Westford yeah. School District. Let's say you came to a po- point where you felt like, hey, my I don't like the education my kids getting in this particular district. Um, I want to send them somewhere else. Yeah, that, I, I think that is a solution to a lot of the cultural and political problems that we're, that we're seeing in our schools. I listened to that interview. I think, you know, they have a real a real beef with what's going on. Uh, the way, you know, the lens that they are teaching kids through is really sort of a, a cultural apartheid. If you if you look at it, because you're taking, OK, the, the kids of color are over here and the kids who have European ancestry are over here. And there's this uh, this intersectional hierarchy that we're going to, to look through and everything's bad. You know, if you're looking at history that, you know, this country is is built on genocide and slavery, that's going to warp. A, a lot of the emotional, social, emotional learning that, mm-hmm. uh, that they talk about that these that these these kids are going through, and it's going to create divisions. Well, I think we 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 proved the country proved that separate but equal doesn't work. Yeah. So <laughs> so if you're a parent, and this is why I think that a lot of the the teachers unions are so opposed to school choice. If you're a parent, it's says, okay. Well, I'm just going to take my kid over here where they're going to teach history that this is this is a great country. It's a melting pot. We've had our problems in the past, but we've done more to eradicate racism than any other nation on earth. And we've helped get rid of slavery, uh, you know, after 7,000 year history throughout mankind. And because that's what some people will say is that people who are against these things, uh, critical race theory, whatever, that they don't want to have uh, the country's full history taught. They don't want to hear, hear the, the warts and all that. But, but when we were in school, we were always taught about yeah. slavery and how awful it was. Uh, no, of course. I mean, we were we were taught about slavery. We were we were you know taught about the the genocide but, of the Native American and one of the things and, they want to teach now is that uh, the Revolutionary War, for example, was not uh, was not about taxation and all those things. It was about slavery. Yeah, which is which is ridiculous. And it's a revisionist history. It seems like, I and mean, there's a certain group that wants to teach that. But so, but again, so if you're if you're a parent that doesn't want the kids to be taught these things that a lot of the public school systems are doing. You can't yeah. just, you can't do, unless you have the money, yeah. which a lot of parents don't yeah, or, no. but, or but, the wherewithal I mean, to, to teach them at home. And not all parents can do that. I mean, the public school system, it's really terribly inequitable. And, you know, we talk about glass ceilings for, for, you know, women in the, you know, climbing the, the corporate ladder and whatnot. But what we have with our school system, our public school system is glass walls. And those glass walls are the zip code lines that kids are trapped in like these kids that we're talking about earlier down in that Wyndham elementary school there's a glass wall keeping them in that school where they're not getting educated and they can't get out of it they can't unless they can buy there unless their parents are wealthy enough to buy their way out of that system either by sending their kid to a private school paying tuition or by moving to another community with you know maybe higher real estate values that has a has, has a better school it's it's really unfair and a lot of the, you know it sickens me to see how our kids are being politicized these days. I think that's a big problem that, we're, you know, when we look out, we look at the colleges today and we see them, you know, chanting all these things, death to Israel and F Israel yeah. and all that stuff. A lot of that comes from this DEI uh, and, and critical race theory that they're being taught through elementary, high school. And then they get, you know, they're bringing that with them into the colleges where it's, 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 it, it's all, uh, that's how we get to this point. That's how we get to people acting like that. And it's it's uh, the root cause of a lot of problems we're dealing with as a nation. All right, well, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes, good morning. These problems at schools for these kids start at an early age. I mean, my grandson's uh, kindergarten and first grade 
are really having a hard time in Neshaby School in Brandon, which has to be one of the worst schools in the state. I mean, you've got one kid in the class that's disruptive. They empty the whole class while they deal with one kid. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just a horrible situation that they're in, that they're really trapped because, you know, being in Brandon, they can't send the kids somewhere else. Um, so they're actually considering homeschooling. But you mentioned something about, uh, you know, the Revolutionary, Revolutionary War and the country's founding. Let's not forget that the mayor of Burlington said on this very program in the not-too-distant past, he said, we all know that the country was founded on racist ideals. So there you have it. Mayor of Burlington said it himself. Ugh. The country was not founded on racist ideals. In fact, the country was founded on the principle that all are created equally. And though we haven't lived up to that, the fact that that was injected into our body politic at the founding of our country is the antidote to a lot of the discrimination that the world has seen since time immemorial. I mean, everybody has had slavery. Uh, The Chinese had slavery. The Mesoamericans had slavery. Everybody had slavery until the early seven, late 1700s. And that's when it all started to go away. And a lot of it had to do with capitalism. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Uh, Mr. Roper, I believe you're presenting a false narrative about the way schools operate. Go ahead and tell us why you sure. think that. Yeah, well, think back of when we were in school. Uh, did we know, ever hear about the Trail of Tears and the way that uh, we, had, we, we uh, handled the... Uh, Native Americans? Yes, I did. Did we ever hear did yep, we ever hear that during the Revolutionary War about one third of the population were loyalists? About one third wanted a uh, rebellion and the other third had no idea what way uh, they wanted to go. Yeah, so, yes, I yep, did. I did too. So and uh, how about right here in Vermont? What did we ever learn in school about the Abnakis? Nothing. Well, I don't so know cuz I wasn't educated in Vermont. Schools are trying to correct the deficiencies. Do we ever hear that the slaves built the White House? Yeah. Yes. So I don't know where you, where'd you go to school in Vermont because I yeah, learned I all those things. Okay. Well, yeah. I learned them in school in Vermont. I did. I, I we we studied the Abnaki a lot. Uh, I think I learned that the slaves built the the uh, White House during uh, this. We did this whole thing in fifth grade on the Underground Railroad and how Vermont yeah. was instrumental. You obviously heard about Black Wall Street and the way that the Hundreds of blacks were killed in Tulsa in the 1920s. And you also have heard that the KKK back in Barrie, Vermont, in the 1920s had massive rallies in Vermont. The KKK was very, very active in this state. Yeah, and they, they're not anymore. And, and I the, think that's, that's kind of the we, point. We've all heard about the KKK and how awful they were. Uh, there was a Democratic state, United States senator was part of the KKK, Robert Byrd from West Virginia. Uh, and and so no, we've always been taught about how horrific slavery was, and that black people were mistreated, and we've come a long, long way. We need to continue to do better. But the idea that we're now going to go teach things that uh, that are uh, actually false about the country and try to drag and divide everybody—that's um, that is not the right way to go, in my opinion. Yeah. Rob, no, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, I, we we learned a lot 
about all of these subjects. I mean, you know, and it's at age appropriate levels too. Right. I mean, you know, when I was in second grade, yeah, we learned about George Washington and the cherry tree right. and, and stuff like that. We didn't, we didn't get the, you know, Tom, you know, and Thomas Jefferson writing the Declaration of Independence. We didn't get the Sally Hemings story in second grade. We waited until high school. Right. Right. But we, but we learned those things as we went along at mm-hmm. an age appropriate level so that we could maturely process them. Now you have a woman, and I can't think of her name right now, that wrote the 1619 project. Yep. Uh, New York Times. Yep. With the New York Times. And she has this whole idea that she wants, She if she gets her way, she'll have this all foisted into the public school system. Yep. Some of it is, which is a completely different narrative that the Revolutionary War was, was she, actually fought about wanting to keep slaves. She has even admitted it's not a history. It's, it's not accurate. And it's been it's, debunked. It's, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's been, been debunked. It's not accurate. It's a propaganda uh, tool uh, for shaping how people think, not how they should learn how to think. Uh, Rob, we are basically out of time, but tell us about the, I know you're about to be part of a big forum that's coming up in regard to. Yeah, I'm doing, um, taking part in an energy forum down in Rutland um, a week from to, today, as a matter of fact, on the 14th. And it's uh, from 530 to 8 at the Rutland Free Library. We're talking about energy. Uh, Secretary Julie Moore, ANRO is going to be there. Uh, JT Dodge from uh, No Carbon Tax Vermont, myself and, Senator Terry Williams. So uh, we'll be talking about the energy policy and how the Democrats are going to make it more expensive for you to heat your home, drive your car, and uh, charge any batteries or turn on your lights with the electricity. All right, Rob Roper, as always, thanks for being on the morning drive. Thank you, guys. It's always fun. Thanks for coming in. And you can always find.